off this series, The Blood, and how we know we overcome him by, come on, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And before we jump into the word today, I wanted to just share a testimony from actually a couple of weeks ago on the message. Uh, how many guys enjoyed that series on uh, work? How many guys liked that series? Did it help you out? <clears throat> we discovered that uh, it has helped a lot of people, and this is a testimony from a couple Sundays ago when I addressed the subject of resting. It says, Pastor Dean, I want to share testimony from Sunday's message on resting. I'm an executive career coach, and I have the flexibility to work any day and time I choose. I've been coaching almost seven days a week for financial security, and because I absolutely love what I do. But more so, I add Sunday because it's more money. I've been thinking about moving away from Sundays, because it's all, uh, but it's always called me back to the missed opportunity for income. On Sunday, your message really struck a chord with me. I missed sitting with my husband and son, relaxing on Sundays, and come Monday, I felt tired and not as refreshed. Not to mention, I prefer to give my Sundays to the Lord. I know it was fear behind me giving up my Sundays, but I never really expressed that. I wanted it to be a move of faith, so when service was immediately over, on the way home, I didn't wait. I took Sunday off my coaching calendar, and I told God, I trust you to make a way another way other than Sundays. In less than 15 hours later, I received an email that a company I never spoke with had been scouting me out for a contract, and they wanted my coaching services. The amount of the contract is well over the amount I would have made on Sundays, and it's again at my availability and my time frame. How you know God knows what he's doing, right? Then 48 hours later, I realized a child care bill. Uh, I didn't receive a child care uh, bill. Uh, the invoice was missing. So I emailed the school, and they informed me my child qualifies for a program for free services. That's a huge monthly expense. I just cried and cried at God's goodness and faithfulness towards me. God's blessing keep chasing me down, and I don't have room enough to store them. Come on, let's give God praise. Come on, how we know he calls us not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And when we're obedient to him, God does amazing, amazing things. Well, we're jumping in this series, The Blood. Everybody say The Blood. I've mentioned this before, but when I first accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, it took me several times of responding to the altar call to actually understand what Jesus did for me. I remember them back in the day, they used to usher you in a, in a side room and they would explain everything to you and, and break it down. And if we had room, we would do the same thing too. But they would they explain everything and they say, do you get it? And I would say, no, I don't get it. I was... I just didn't get it. I didn't understand the supernatural behind what Jesus did for me. And as a young boy growing up Catholic, I was familiar with the crucifixion because I looked at it, Jesus hanging on the cross every Sunday in front of me, but I had no idea about the power behind it 
and the personal relationship that I could have with Jesus because of the price that he willingly paid for me. I had no clue that the blood could save me. How many thankful that you saved this morning, if you're saved? I had no idea that the blood could cleanse me of guilt, shame, and condemnation. I had no idea that the blood could redeem me or justify me or sanctify me and set me apart or vindicate me for every wrong that I did or deliver me from drugs and alcohol or protect me and preserve me. And I believe there are many believers today who have no real understanding of the power that there is in the blood of Jesus. We sing about the blood. Come on, we pray the blood. We plead the blood, but we lack an understanding and revelation of the blood. Andrew Murray said this, if knowledge of what the blood can accomplish is not accurate, then faith expects little, and the more powerful effects of the blood are limited. Come on, how many you know unbelief can limit the effects of the blood of Jesus in our lives? If we don't know, we, if we don't know the provision, what God has, has provided, listen, in the, in the salvation package, not just the saving of our souls, how many you know the blood also preserves and protects our families? Listen, if we had, uh, it says feeble ideas of its power prevent the deeper and more perfect manifestation of its effects. And over the next few weeks, my goal is to strengthen and increase our knowledge of the power of the bl blood of Christ so we can know and experience the manifest power of its effects in our lives. Come on, how many know there's wonder working power in the blood? And I believe God wants to demonstrate greater manifestations because of our revelation of his blood. On Saturday nights, Amy and I usually find ourselves watching Dateline because there's nothing else on TV. <laughs> but what I've learned is that during a crime scene investigation, properly collected and preserved blood evidence can establish a strong link between an individual and a criminal act. It's actually amazing. They, they, even if the blood has been uh, apparently washed away, they can put a light on it, and, and the blood will show up. In a crime scene, the blood points investigators to the possibilities of potential suspects and what actually happened Actually, in a crime scene, just because of the, the, the blood splatter and the different patterns, they can actually determine actually what happened, the patterns, the way maybe the gun was shot or the position the person was in and the potential suspects and what actually happened. But it also can exclude an individual's involvement in a crime. And for the Christian, the revelation of the blood evidence in the Bible creates a strong link between a believer and the most notorious crime in all of history. Listen, the patterns of the blood, come on, the position of the believer and the possibilities in the blood, ultimately the crime scene of the cross that we will investigate claimed the life of an innocent man named Jesus who did nothing wrong. He was an innocent man who was put to death yet did nothing to resist death 
And though he died unjustly, he also died willingly and sacrificially so that you and I could benefit personally by gaining access to things that were not accessible before his blood was shed. Listen, there's patterns, there's patterns of the blood in the Bible. There's a position, come on, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of the blood. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Come on, how many are you thankful that Jesus took your wrongs and he made them right? Today we're going to take a step back from the crime scene of Calvary and we're going to go back to the beginning of the Bible to uncover and gather more blood evidence that I believe will bring better understanding to the subject so that you can practically apply it to your life today. This is what I call, uh, there's what they call a scarlet thread. Everybody say scarlet thread. It's a scarlet thread of redemption that can be traced in Scripture that is woven through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This is the definition of the scarlet thread. It is the strand stretching throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that progressively reveals the progress of God's redemption plan for mankind's salvation through the blood of the Lamb. And we're going to trace and follow this scarlet thread over the next couple of weeks until it leads us to the crime scene of the cross, which actually offers us our redemptions. This morning, I want to just take just a few moments to talk about the basics of the blood. The basics of the blood. We're going to spend a couple of weeks on the basics, and then the last week of the series, I'm going to talk about the breakthrough and the blessing of the blood, but how many know you need the basics, come on, before you get the breakthrough? Come on, you need the basics before you get the blessing. The first basic foundational truth is this, that life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. For the believer, life is in the blood. The scripture I want to begin with is actually found in the book of Leviticus. How many of you enjoy reading the book of Leviticus? Hallelujah. It's not an easy book to read, but you can understand it. But it, there is a foundational verse when it comes to understanding the power that we have through the blood, through his blood, Jesus' blood. Leviticus 17 verse 11 says this, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. In its context, this verse of scripture reveals to us why the blood provides a covering for our sins so that we can escape from the death that we deserve. Come on, how many of you thankful Come on, that Jesus laid down his life for you. Come on, so you didn't have to take on the punishment of your sin. The previous chapter, to understanding this verse, the key to it is knowing that chapter 16 describes the day of atonement. It is the most important holy day of the year for Jewish people. In 
fact, it's called Yom Kippur. You might, might have recognized that. They just had it in September. And on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would wash himself and dress himself in special garments. And then he would sacrifice, before he would make a saf- sacrifice for the sins of the people of, of the nation Israel, he would actually sacrifice a bull for his own sins. Come on, how you know you have to take care of your own bull before you deal with somebody else's stuff? Come on, there's a principle there. How you know you got to deal with a plank in your own eye? Come on, before you deal with somebody else's plank. Come on, there's a whole lot of people want to come on want to mess with your bull when they haven't even dealt with their own bull. Check that out. The priest had to sacrifice a bull. And then he would choose two goats for the nation's sins. He would kill the first goat and he would pour its blood into a basin, a bowl. And he would carry that bowl of blood into the most holy of holies. And he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant, were the tablets, come on, with all the laws of God were written on it inside of the ark. He would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and God accepted this method from the priest as a way, listen to this, of placing the blood between God and the tablets of the law that were inside the ark. Why is that important? The blood covered the laws that the people in the entire nation had broken. Finally, after that was complete, that part of the ceremony was complete, he would take the other goat, place his hands on that other goat, and confess all the sins. How many know that was a long ceremony right there? (laughs) He confessed all the sins on this goat, and then he released that goat into the desert, and it would disappear. How many know, come on, when Jesus took our sins, he separated them from you. As far as the east is from the west, they are no more. This is where we get that term, scapegoat. This was the scapegoat. This is why the people of Israel didn't, didn't die. Again, this was a temporary solution at the time, and they had to do this each and every year. Again, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. The principle behind atonement is life for life. Come on, how many know for the Christian, somebody has to die or something has to die in order for us to live? Leviticus 17, 11 specifically teaches us that blood is the essence of life. If there's no blood, there's no life. The price for sin from before the foundations of the world, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, and I believe it's verse 18 or 20, from the foundation of the world was that atonement for human sin was the loss of life through substitutionary atonement. And just like the Day of Atonement offered the nation of Israel a fresh start and a new year, for us, the blood of Jesus wasn't the end. Come on, how you know, it was a new beginning for you. It was a new day for you. 
Without the shedding of blood, there is no covering or forgiveness of sin. You see, forgiveness does not come because the penalty of sin is excused, but it is because it is transferred to a sacrifice whose life blood is poured out. A price had to be paid. A sacrifice had to be made. Sometimes... Ignoring and being comfortable, not knowing about the topic of the blood of Jesus, renders us powerless and ineffective as believers. In the natural, how many know blood can kind of be creepy? It's connected to injury and harm and death. So it can pull the trigger of fear in our lives. I, I don't know about you, but... Kind of just gives me the weeby jeebies sometimes. Amy and, and Mariah like the, Mariah's a nurse, obviously, and she likes these like medical shows where like they're like, uh, and they get more real and real all the time, and they're doing open heart surgeries. And I'm like, why are you watching this stuff? She says, Dad, I'm learning all the medical terms. And I'm like, this is gross, and I've got to step out of the room because the blood, I got a little bit of hemophobia going on. There was actually a girl I knew when I first got saved who suffered from hemophobia. And every time she either saw blood or even heard the word blood, it would cause her much anxiety and she would end up either having to make an exit or she would pass out. That includes when you were in church. Come on, singing about the blood. Oh, the blood. Boom. There's what. Seriously. Like she would have to, have to leave. But how many know, listen. The blood of Jesus draws us near. God doesn't want us to leave the room. Come on, he died so we can approach the throne room of grace. Don't allow the enemy to blind you from the blood and its power. God sent his only son to shed his blood. So, and, and he made room. He shed his blood to make room for all who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So for the, believer, blood, uh, for the believer, blood is an indicator of life, not death. Everybody say, life is in the blood. I want us to all say it. Life is in the blood. I don't have to fear the blood, but I can put my faith in the blood, and I can draw near, come on, by the blood. Romans 3.25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Here it is. Paul is saying, Jesus, come on, took our place. He was the, he was the substitute. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. How many know that's plain and simple right there? Just meditate on that. If you don't understand the power of the blood, just meditate on this verse right here. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. How many are you thankful that Jesus presented himself, come on, for the sacrifice of our sin? And we could just stop right here for a moment and just give God praise that you're even in the room today, that you're even saved today, hallelujah. Because I'm made right with God because I had put my trust, come on, in the blood, in his sacrifice. P. 
People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Come on, no blood, no life. Through the shedding of his blood. The second thing is this, I'm covered by the blood. Will you say that with me? I'm covered by the blood. I'm reading out of the voice translation, Leviticus 1711b, just a little different twist on it. I've directed that you are to take blood and offer it on the altar to atone for your lives and cover your sins. The word atonement literally means to make a covering for or to compensate for or to make payment for. How many of you get really happy when somebody pays for your meal. Now we're paying 50% next week, but how many of you happy that you only gotta spend six bucks next week for a meal? Come on, don't be cheap on me now. We're trying to figure out how to do this, y'all. We need your help, so make sure you register. We're not paying for all of it, but we're paying for half of it. So bring your friends. But when somebody pays for your meal, doesn't that make you happy? How about if somebody pays for your vacation? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That happened to Amy and I once. A guy told me, hey, uh, pastor, I'd love to meet you down at Starbucks. And so didn't know what he wanted. Went down to Starbucks. He started asking me where I like to go on on, Amy and I like to go on vacation. I'm like, oh, we like the coast, you know, Mendocino. We like the northern coast. We like, you know, we like it up there. And he said, well, what about Cabo? I said, I don't got the dough. Hallelujah. He said, how about if I pay for it? He wrote us a $5,000 check to go to Cabo. Hallelujah. Come on, how do you know that'll make you happy? The same thing happened. Maybe this has happened to you. Anybody ever get their honeymoon paid for? Oh, just, man. Was the, our parents paid for the honeymoon. I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I didn't have the money either. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't it feel good when someone else covers you and it doesn't cost you a thing? Think about it for a moment. Why, then, can we accept things when other people cover us that we can't afford, but we can't accept the covering Jesus offers us with his blood. And what we do is we end up keep continuing to carry in the guilt, come on, the shame, the condemnation, because we're no like, Lord, no, I can do this on my own. I can do this in my own strength. God, when I clean myself up, and God, all along, God's saying, listen, I've covered you with the blood. I've paid a price. I made the ultimate sacrifice. You don't have to carry that any longer. I paid for it. Everybody say, I'm covered. covered. The blood covers us. It compensates us for our sin, our shortcomings, our failure, our setback, the loss, the harm, the trauma. The trauma, the blood, come on, can take care of the trauma. Everybody say, I'm covered. We get a glimpse of this in Eden after the fall of Adam and Eve. We won't rehash the entire story, but we know that, that, that Eve 
was disobedient. She ate of the forbidden fruit, and they, both Adam and Eve, they were, <clears throat> they were hiding from God. They were naked and afraid, and they were banished from the garden. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it's a first clue, again, that from the foundation, from the beginning, listen, God was going to use blood to restore people to right relationship with him. Genesis 3, 21, it says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. In order for God to make tunics of skin, how many know an animal had to sacrifice its blood so that he could clothe and cover Adam and Eve and restore them to right relationship. Jesus has done the same for us. Listen, he laid down his life willingly, paid the ultimate price, listen, and clothed us in righteousness so that we could have right relationship with him. Maybe today, listen, you feel like you've been kicked out. You feel like you've been banished. You feel like there's distance between you and God. Can I tell you, he covered you so he could bring you close, so that he could bring you in into a relationship with Jesus. I love this because it says the Lord God made. We didn't do it. He did it. The Lord God makes a way when there is no other way. The blood makes a way when there is no other way. You see, it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. It is the life flowing in the blood that atones for you and covers you. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Everybody say, I'm covered. You see, God wants to cover all of you, not just some of you. God wants to cover all of you, not just some of you. The blood makes atonement for the soul. The soul, listen, is not just when you get saved, yes, that your spirit comes alive to God. But listen, how many know your mind can be renewed? Come on, your will, your decision your decision maker, come on, can be renewed. Your emotions, come on, can be made whole. The blood makes atonement for the mind, the will, and emotions. Yes, I believe the blood of Jesus, come on, can make a, can make, can correct mental illness. I've seen the testimonies, I've seen God do it. I believe that God, can the blood of Jesus, come on, can make us emotionally whole. And I believe, come on, it can correct our decision makers. How many know we need some help with some good decisions sometimes? Our decision makers. God wants to bring wholeness and purity to all of us, not just some of us. Hebrews 9.14, it says this. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness, our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. <clears throat> what the writer of Hebrews is saying, he's saying if the bull could annually 
couldn't wipe out the sin, but temporarily could cover the sin, if the goat could cover a sin for the year, how much more can Jesus' blood, come on, take care of your sin? Just think. Just, I just want to go throw, slow through this scripture. Is that all right? It says, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences, our mind, our will, our emotion from sinful deeds. Why? Why? Why, why does the blood of Jesus, what, what happens when the blood of Jesus purifies our mind, our will, and our emotions? Listen, so that we could worship the living God. So that we can worship the living God. When I'm covered, come on, my worship is unhindered. Anybody ever been distracted in worship? Come on, you just need a fresh revelation that I'm covered in the blood. Anybody been worried in worship? Come on, you're all emotional in worship. You gotta have a revelation that you're covered in the blood. Anybody been like, just like, should I do this, should I do that in worship? Listen, you've got to have a revelation that you're covered in the blood. When I'm covered, I'm unhindered in my worship. When I'm covered, I can offer all of me to him without wrath or any doubting. And when I'm covered, my praise is as pure as it gets. Can we just take another moment and just lift up our hands. No, lift your hands up and just praise them. Don't listen to me. I want you to open your mouth and I want you to praise them. Come on and just say, God, you have my full attention right now. Father, we love you. We direct our praise to you. I'm praying for unhindered praise for your people. God, I'm coming against the voice of condemnation. God, I'm coming against the voice of the enemy. And Father, we thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, that communicates with us in our worship. God, we love you. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, now give God praise. Everybody say, I'm covered. As we'll find out next week, we're actually better than covered. We're better than covered. But you've got to understand atonement. Listen, that Jesus is our substitute, and it's his blood that gives us life, gives us so much more as well. <clears throat> the third thing I want to talk to you about is that I'm given access by faith in his blood. I'm given access by faith in his blood. We're in the book of Genesis, and we're going to just kind of creep our way through the Bible over the next couple of weeks as we gather this blood evidence. But Genesis chapter four, verses two to four, says, now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The thing that we can understand about this passage is this. Abel 
must have had some revelation that sinful man can approach God only on the ground of shed blood. Perhaps he learned this from his parents. Come on, Adam and Eve, who were restored to fellowship in Genesis chapter three, what? By the shedding of blood, because God covered them in the tunics, what we just read, they were restored to fellowship with God only after he, God clothed them with the skins of animals. At any rate, Abel exhibited faith by approaching God with a blood sacrifice. How many are thankful for the blood this morning? Cain's, Cain's sacrifice, his brother, was one of vegetables or fruit and was therefore bloodless. Abel illustrates the truth of salvation by grace through faith in his blood, and Cain is a picture of man's futile attempt to save himself through good works without blood. One theologian points out this, it was not the personal excellence of Abel that God looked at in counting him righteous, listen to this, but the excellence of the sacrifice that he brought and his faith in it. And so it is with us as the people of God, as Christians today, we are not justified because of our character or our good works, but solely because of the excellence of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and our acceptance and our trust in him and in him alone. This act right here, yes, this act right here in Genesis chapter four was so, uh, uh, was such a, um, Significant act, it actually makes the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, by faith, everybody say, by faith. By faith, faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. What made it more excellent? Come on, what made it more excellent? The blood. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, through it, he being dead still speaks. How many thankful the blood is still speaking on your behalf even today by faith in his blood? Abel's life, Abel's life reveals to us that there can be no approach to God no fellowship with him, and no enjoyment of his favor apart from faith in his blood. Listen, it doesn't matter. Listen, if you blew it yesterday, how you know the blood can give you a new beginning today? The blood can give you a fresh start. Listen, you may be in this room and you may, this might be your first time back in church in a long, long time, but how many you know the blood can give you a new beginning even today? He'll give you a fresh start. You see, faith in his blood allows me to stand in the excellence of what Jesus has done, not the excellence of what I can do. This is why so many people, they believe the lie. I'm just going to get, I'm going to get things right, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to clean myself up. I'm going to, I'm going to stop my, 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 my bad habits and my, I got to get cleaned up. And then I'll come to Christ. No, no, no. The excellence of the sacrifice that Jesus has already been paid. 
Faith in his blood allows me to stand in the excellence of what Jesus has done, not the excellence of what I can do. Listen, it, if you're trying to get, make it all excellent, before you come to Jesus, you're doing it backwards. Jesus, come on, has made the excellent sacrifice for you and I so you could come to him today. You see, faith in his blood is the power and the vehicle that launches the believer into the very presence of God. And I close with this. It's another quote from Andrew Murray. It says this, for the enjoyment of this blessedness, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood. I love that. The blood alone has done everything. How many are thankful that the blood has done everything for you? Listen, you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to work hard. And today, maybe you are here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know what? Before I come to Christ, I need to take care of some things. Can I just tell you, listen, Jesus has already paid the excellent price. And today, he's covered you. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to draw close to him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we had several people give their hearts to the Lord last service. But if there's anybody here, you'd say, Pastor Dean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't even know if I understand all that he's done, but as you're speaking today, I, I, I understand that I need to put my trust in what Jesus Christ has done for me and laying his life down as a sacrifice and paying the ultimate price so that I could have a new beginning. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor Dean, will you include me in a salvation prayer? I wanna trust Jesus with my life. Is there anybody? Yes. Thank you for being so bold and being so obedient. Yes, thank you so much. Anybody else wanna join these two folks? Yes, thank you so much in the back. Yes, anybody else wanna join these four folks? Thank you so much for being bold. Five, six, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. God, that you're calling people, that your blood is still speaking today, and we thank you, Father. We put our trust in the blood. <clears throat> those several people that raised your hands, those five or six people that raised your hands, we want to pray a prayer with you. The whole church is going to pray it. But as you do, I want you to believe and have faith in Jesus as you pray it, if you could put it on the screen for me. We're gonna all pray it on the count of three. One, two, three, church, join me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God, that you died on the cross to rescue me from sin and death and to restore me to the Father. I choose now to turn from my sins, my self-centeredness in every part of my life that does not please you. I choose you, I give myself to you, I receive your forgiveness and ask you to take your rightful place in my life as my Savior and Lord. Restore me, live in me and through me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these folks that lifted their hands just a... We know that the angels in heaven rejoice over one person giving their life to Jesus. And if you raised your hand today on your way out on the left-hand side, there's a team, John and his team is back there. John and Jeff are back there. There's an I Decided banner. And in it, we have a New Believer's Bible and then some next steps. See, it's important 
that you go from just making a decision to becoming a disciple. God has called you to not only just make a decision that I'm a Christian, he wants you to follow him and obey him in all that you do. And so we, want, we have some things to, to give to you, a package that will give you your next steps and get you on uh, your journey, your new journey in Christ. Amen. Will you stand with me? I want to make some confessions of faith in the blood together. Will you just lift your hands and just begin to thank the Lord? Come on, for your salvation. Come on, for the blood of Jesus that has given you a new beginning. Come on, a fresh start. Come on, unhindered worship. I believe God, listen, God wants to clear the air. He really does. He wants you to have unhindered worship. And I want us to make these confessions. If you could put those on the screen, please. I want us to make these confessions together. On the count of three, let's do one at a time. One, two, three. I have the abundant life of God in me because life is in the blood. Can you just thank the Lord for life? The life that is in the blood. Father, thank you. Yes, go ahead. Come on, praise him. You don't have to be quiet. Thank you for the life that is in the blood, Lord. We worship you, God. We give you glory. We give you praise. Hallelujah. The second one on three. One, two, three. I have atonement. I am covered, restored, and in relationship with the Father. Can you just tell the Lord, I draw near to you. I draw near to you, God. Thank you that you made a way where there was no other way. With the things that were keeping me back, God, you cleared it out. And God, you invite me to come into your throne room of grace. Lord, I thank you for the relationship that I have with you, God. Lord, we love you. Can you just tell the Lord that you love him today? Come on, we love you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. Hallelujah. And then lastly, one, two, three, I've been given full access to God by faith in the blood of Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. This is what I want us to do. I just want us to just, before we respond to the altars, I'm going to ask my prayer ministers to come, but will you just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I want more, more access. Come on, maybe you got some minimal access. Come on, there's minimal access because of your lack of understanding the full price that Jesus has paid for you. Listen, you don't have to pay, come on, to go to new levels. Come on, to to draw nearer to him. He's already paid the price. And so, Lord, we just ask for more right now. God, we pray for unhindered access, God. Father, the fullness of all that you have. Hallelujah. All that you paid for in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody said Amen. amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us. We pray that message ministered to your heart and lifted your spirit today. Hey, to find out more about joining the RLC online family, you can find us on the Church Center app. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.